you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hi there, my name is Oliver Banks and I'm your host and I'm delighted to be your guide to help you successfully deliver your retail transformation. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show, episode 130, number 130. Now, chances are you know there are many different challenges out there facing your retail transformation. But as I talk to a number of different retailers, one of the most common challenges is around finding the right people to work on a particular change or transformation. There are a number of different things at play that do make this particular challenge really quite interesting. First and foremost, many retailers and companies are, of course, thinking about change and transformation right now. So there is a high demand for people that do have experience and do have expertise in actually delivering change and transformation. And finding the right people means finding the right blend of attitudes and skills and behaviours, which means there's a fairly short supply of these particular individuals. So in this episode, I wanted to dive into this particular challenge and in particular, highlight some of the disciplines and attitudes to help you find or develop your next transformation superstar. The show notes for today are going to be at obandco.uk slash 130. So finding and developing the right people is a challenge and ultimately it can be a huge blocker for your change or transformation strategy. We touched just now on the fact that there is high demand, but it's not just about that. There are many different things that could be at play. Maybe you're unsure of what you're looking for. Maybe you're not a transformation professional yourself. So you don't really know exactly what that superstar looks like or what their particular traits are, right? Or maybe you've tried to hire transformation and change people before and it's just not worked out for whatever reason. There may be a number of different reasons. Or maybe you've never hired someone like this before. Or maybe you're looking to find this person internally as well. And actually, how do you find the right attitudes and then how do you equip them with the right skills? It's a really interesting situation because, of course, transformation in itself is moving and changing and evolving, right? And transformation in one company isn't the same as another. And even within a company, right, there may be multiple different transformation programs or projects going on. And an individual may or may not be the right fit to be able to port across between them. And so we're in this place where the elements of what makes a transformation superstar are tricky to distill. They're tricky to boil down. You know, it's not just about the number of years experience. It's not just about having a particular qualification or certification or something. But I do believe there are some disciplines, which we're going to be talking about today, that do help define a successful transformation professional, a successful transformation manager, or a successful transformation leader. So what I'd like you to do is to consider these different disciplines and some of the conundrums that we're going to be talking about today as you look to build or develop your transformation team. And of course, you're going to need to supplement with some of the details of your specific situation, what your transformation is, what particular elements you're going to be looking at, 
as well as the different values that your company ultimately believes in that will make a particular individual a good fit or not, right? But before we dive into these different disciplines and these different conundrums that you must face into, I wanted to introduce you to a concept that I call the five-star transformation professional. These are five different elements that ultimately are going to make your transformation superstar. And this could be at any different level through your organization, right? So the five different elements here, in no particular order, I might add, are project management, which is around defining the approach and covers many different and varied skills with everything from creating a business case through to collaborating cross-functionally across the organization. The second element is change management, which is different than project management. I don't want you to get those two confused because they are subtly different. So change management includes many different aspects. Again, everything from risk management through to clear communication. And it really considers the human side of change, which is ultimately going to be critical to your transformation. I'm pretty sure people will be involved, at least for a few years yet, right? (laughs) But it therefore means that you're going to need someone that is going to be empathetic, as well as engaging to a number of different individuals. The next element is around analysis. And in our increasingly data-rich world, this is becoming more and more important. Now, I'm not saying that a transformation professional needs to be a detailed data scientist, but they do need to be highly familiar with data and they do need to have a certain level of competence to be able to go in and start to investigate things themselves. Because let's be honest, whilst any individual could outsource to a particular data scientist or data analysis team, it slows everything down, right? And it does get in the way of curiosity, which is something we'll definitely be talking about a little later on. And actually, as you look at some of the big companies like Amazon, for example, that are very adept at transformation, this is definitely a skill that I see in a number of their colleagues, the ability to go in and find things out yourself rather than just relying solely on other people to do that for them. The next element is being a problem solver. Transformation will inevitably come up against a number of different problems, and that's okay but you have to have a troubleshooting mindset that allows you to be solution-focused to be able to get over the particular challenge, as well as innovative to think of new ways of doing things, as well as pretty resilient as well. So it's someone that is able to continue to drive on in the face of adversity. And then finally, you need someone that is business savvy, bringing a, a strong dose of common sense, as well as a good understanding of business and commerce as a whole. So that's my five-star transformation professional concept. And I'd like you to think about each of those different points. And actually, for you and your particular requirement, which points do you need to accentuate more? Which could you pull back on a little bit less? There will definitely be all five that you need. But of course, in varying quantity and quality, depending on your own personal situation. So what are some of the other disciplines that you need to be thinking about? And these are presented as conundrums, as I hinted at earlier, right? Because, interestingly, I don't believe there is a one-fit transformation superstar that absolutely will be guaranteed to succeed in every company and every situation, right? And these different conundrums mean that you must decide which way you want to be veering, right, to help you find the right person. And I should also point out, 
that some of this leads back to you, right? You as the transformation leader, because you must be aware of these different conundrums and you must be aware of your own behavior and you must be able to adapt and shift your own behaviors and your own attitudes to help make this relationship a success. Because ultimately, whilst it is important to find and develop the right people, if you don't find or develop anyone, that transformation of yours ain't going anywhere, right? (laughs) The first conundrum is an ability to find direction in ambiguity or to find opportunity in the unknown. What does this mean? Well, finding direction in the ambiguity is really about knowing the answer. Now, we're not looking for someone that knows everything, right? But it is someone that is able to find their way through, someone that is able to be solution-focused, someone that is able to map out a plan of action, someone that feels comfortable in that ambiguity, that ultimately is going to be inevitable in your transformation because chances are you don't know the exact steps that you're going to need to take at every stage through the journey. But then finding opportunity in the unknown is a really interesting one. Here, we're saying rather than it's someone that knows the answer, it's someone that knows that they don't know the answer. They have hunger to discover more. They are open to be challenged. They're willing to learn and willing to be curious. And that recognition of knowing what you don't know is an interesting thing to be. You've got to be very confident as an individual to know what you don't know, right? And certainly be willing to admit that to others. And a little while ago, I discovered this concept. I can't remember exactly where it was, unfortunately. So if you know, then uh, do feel free to reach out and uh, fill me in. But it's about the fact that learning is hard and learning requires a mature and confident individual because we have to admit that we don't know something. And that is something deeply uncomfortable with many of us. So someone that can find the opportunity and the unknown has to have this confidence that says, let's find out, right? And then they have to be curious as well, which is a word I'm forever intrigued by, particularly with regard to the challenge of how do you inspire curiosity? I'm continually enthralled by it, in fact. But we're going to leave the curiosity piece as something that you must consider, particularly if you are looking for opportunity in the unknown, particularly around understanding why, understanding how, and having a good gut feel to say, this is something interesting. This is something fascinating that I want to discover more about, right? So that's the first conundrum, finding direction in ambiguity or finding opportunity in the unknown. The second conundrum is around being more focused or more flexible. Focus and determination is definitely important at being able to push through. Your transformation will come up against adversity, as I mentioned earlier, right? And actually, if you have someone that is not focused, someone that is not determined, that adversity could look like a 100-foot-high brick wall that means you just can't get around it or over it or under it and will just give up, right? But maybe... If you're looking for someone that's focused, you need someone that can punch through that wall, right? Or perhaps you're looking for flexibility, someone that is willing to adjust, willing to adapt their plans. We've all talked about agility and flexibility over the last year caused by the pandemic. And we've seen many different companies in and out of retail that have had to dramatically shift or evolve or accelerate their plans. So perhaps you need someone that is able to deal with that level of flex, that level of change, that level of volatility, right? And they're not going to be stuck in their ways because 
I am focused on this particular goal. And this is a conundrum that I personally have found really interesting, really challenging myself as well. Blending between the focused and the flexibility and knowing when's the right time to flip between them. So the next conundrum is around optimism or pessimism. So is the glass half full or half empty, right? (laughs) You need to have the right fit here because it can dramatically affect how someone looks out. Someone that is optimistic, of course, has just a natural hope that everything will turn out okay and a willingness to see and envisage that things will work out, whatever the adversity in front of you, right? And you need this optimism to be able to drive and push through the inevitable challenges, you know, linked to that focused mindset as we were just talking about earlier. But it's not just about the determination piece, because you need someone that can be optimistic about ideas and can begin to see, we could do this, we could do that. And that optimism will help to conjure up new ideas, new opportunities, new solutions, new ways around problems. But then pessimism is often looked at quite negatively in my view, but I think it has its place in the world of transformation as an attitude, as a mindset. You know, pessimism naturally brings in critical thinking. It brings in risk management. It brings in a level of realism as well, right? So it definitely has its place. And you'll need to decide, are you finding someone that is optimistic or pessimistic? Or do you need to find someone that can blend between the two? So that's the next conundrum, optimism or pessimism. Closely linked, we're now going to think about expansive thinking or reductive thinking. And both of these are needed at different stages through the transformation. So expansive thinking is about creativity and openness to opportunities. You know, the proverbial blue sky thinking, yeah? (laughs) It allows you to see a problem and take it in many different solutions. And that in turn allows you to assess what is the best solution. But that assessing piece is now the more reductive side. This is more organized, more structured and closely linked to that pessimistic attitude that we just mentioned as well. Here you're applying critical thinking to limit ultimately the number of opportunities that you are going after to focus on the best route forward to make sure that you don't get caught away with you know, infinite brainstorming, yeah? And actually get out of idea generation phase and into idea execution phase, right? So you need someone that can blend this expansive and reductive thinking and know at the right time, which mindset do you need to be in? And actually, how do you encourage others in the organization to get into that mindset as well? There's no point having an expansive thinker in a room full of reductive thinkers because that's just not going to (laughs) work. So having someone that can conjure different individuals into the right attitude and the right mindset is also really important as well. And then the final conundrum I wanted to put out to you today is a really interesting one. And it's a three-way one. Do you want someone that does hard work, smart work, or careful work? This is a really interesting one. Now, of course, the answer is all three. Yes, please. (laughs) Because all three have a place, definitely. But you'll need to think, out of the different individuals in front of you, where do they rank against these three? So hard work is important because the easy path for you, for the transformation, isn't necessarily the right answer for the wider organisation. I can think of several examples where there has been a project in head office, let's say, 
that has followed the easy path for head office. And I'm not lumping everyone in head office in one group here, but I am thinking of some specific examples. I will not share the details, but where that head office work has been made easy for head office. And actually, then out in the field, in the operation, it's meant more hard work, right? And I strongly believe that hard work should be brought up the chain, back to the source. So there are a smaller number of individuals that have to do incredibly hard work to make life for a larger number of individuals so much easier. So hard work is absolutely something that you need to face into. And I strongly believe transformation is hard work, right? Next, we're talking about smart work. And this is important because transformation is made up of many complex and complicated considerations. Often, they're multifaceted. Often, there is lots of integration, often cross-functional, and often dependent on many other different pieces of work within the organization. And this all requires some really intelligent and smart thinking to make sure that all of these different plates are kept spinning at the right speed and someone that can align all the stars and all the ducks in a row and all the other (laughs) buzzwords and uh, catchphrases, right? (laughs) But you get what I mean, I hope. And often there is this thought of, should you work hard or should you work smart? And my view absolutely is, it's not an or situation here. It's an and situation for transformation. But there's also an and with careful work here. And this takes several different formats. So there's careful in terms of not making mistakes. There's careful in terms of considering all aspects of this multifaceted cross-functional piece of work. And there's really importantly careful in terms of considering other people's perspectives, emotions, feelings. We touched on empathy earlier, and this is definitely coming through again here. So do you have someone that is hardworking and smart working and careful working? And ultimately, what's the balance that you're looking for? So if you say, what makes a transformation superstar? Well, there are many, many different factors. And of course, we don't have time for all of them today. We could spend a hugely long time talking about all of them. But I encourage you to face into some of these conundrums. And you may find more as well that exist within your specific situation in your particular company. But ultimately, a transformation professional must also have a dissatisfaction with the status quo. They must recognize that things could be better. They must recognize that there is opportunity to simplify things, to boost things up, to ask for more, to grow. And that should be insatiable because the need for improvement is ultimately a huge tension that needs to be leveled within the organization to make sure that there is a strong will to change. And there is the momentum that can take that strong will and turn it into action and make things happen, right? Now, I'd love to hear all of your thoughts on this. You can email me oliver.banks at obandco.uk. That's oliver.banks at obandco.uk. And it'd be great to explore what a transformation superstar would look like for your organization and actually how you can define that and how you can get started on that straight away. But as we get towards the end of the episode, I'd like to zoom in to quote Jeff Bezos, actually. And in particular, his last annual shareholder letter as CEO of Amazon, which came out very recently. And towards the end of the letter, he highlights one thing of utmost importance that he felt compelled to teach. And he hopes that all Amazonians take it to heart. And I hope that all listeners 
of the Retail Transformation Show take it to heart too, because I think it's critically important and very closely linked to what we've been talking about today. And I'm going to quote Jeff's words, and as you'll hear, he's going to quote someone else's words, okay? Here is a passage from Richard Dawkins' extraordinary book, The Blind Watchmaker. It's about a basic fact of biology. Starving off death is a thing that you have to work at. Left to itself, and that is, when it dies, the body tends to revert to a state of equilibrium with its environment. If you measure some quantity such as the temperature, the acidity or the water content, or the electrical potential in a living body, you will typically find that it is markedly different from the corresponding measure in the surroundings. Our bodies, for instance, are usually hotter than our surroundings, and in cold climates they have to work hard to maintain the differential. When we die, the work stops, the temperature differential starts to disappear, and we end up the same temperature as our surroundings. Not all animals work so hard to avoid coming into equilibrium with their surrounding temperature, but all animals do some comparable work. For instance, in a dry country, animals and plants work to maintain the fluid content of their cells, work against a natural tendency for water to flow from them into the dry outside world. If they fail, they die. More generally, if living things didn't work actively to prevent it, they would eventually merge into their surroundings and cease to exist as autonomous beings. That is what happens when they die. And back to Jeff, and I'll paraphrase a little here. Whilst the passage is not intended as a metaphor, I would argue it's relevant to all companies and all institutions, and to each of our individual lives too. In what ways does the world pull at you in an attempt to make you normal? How much work does it take to maintain your distinctiveness, to keep alive the thing or things that make you special? And if we stop doing all of the continuous hard work that is needed to maintain our distinctiveness, we would quickly come into equilibrium. We all know that distinctiveness, originality, is valuable. We're all taught to be yourself. But what I'm really asking you to do, as Jeff here, is to embrace and be realistic about how much energy it takes to maintain that distinctiveness. The world wants you to be typical in a thousand ways it pulls at you. Don't let it happen. You have to pay a price for your distinctiveness, and it's worth it. The fairy tale version of Be Yourself is that all pain stops as soon as you allow your distinctiveness to shine. That version is misleading. Being yourself is worth it, but don't expect it to be easy or free. You have to put energy into it continuously. The world will always try to make Amazon, or your company, more typical, to bring us into equilibrium with our environment. It will take continuous effort, but we can and must be better than that. And I think this is so brilliant what Jeff Bezos is saying here, because he is basically saying we must continue to drive ourselves, we must continue to drive our company towards transformation. Because the natural way of the world is to normalise ourselves. And if we don't continually transform, we will merge into the, into the sea of sameness that we see all around us. And losing that distinctiveness is not going to be a recipe for your future success, right? So I do hope you've enjoyed today's episode. You can find the show notes at obandco.uk slash 130. That's obandco.uk slash 130. If you're thinking about what episode to listen to next, then I've got three recommendations for you. Firstly, episode 102, which is exploring having a strong will to change, which is absolutely critical to change and transformation. 
And then episode 90, which is part one. (laughs) So you may as well listen to 91 as well, which is about the 10 P's to transform retail. And you can begin to see how those will interact with these different disciplines, with these different conundrums that we've discussed today. And then finally, episode 87, which is another part one. So by association, 88 as well. And in those episodes, Joe Jackman lays out the reinventionist mindset. And they were brilliant episodes. I really loved them. So do go and check those out. I'll put the links and references to those on the show notes today, which you can find at obandco.uk slash 130. If you're a new listener, do remember to hit subscribe and enjoy new episodes of the Retail Transformation Show, which come out every single week. And if you are a loyal listener, I thank you. And I'm really glad that you continue to tune in. And I have a small favor to ask of you, actually, particularly if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Would you mind sharing a review, please? Should only take a a minute or two to write a few nice words about what you get out of the podcast. And it will help shape the future of the podcast as well as help others in the marketplace find it. I'd really appreciate if you could just spend that one or two minutes just to leave a review. It would be brilliant. Thank you in advance. Thanks for tuning in. And I look forward to joining you on another episode of the Retail Transformation Show coming at you very soon. Bye for now.